Welcome to the Mom Tuition Podcast, where we help ambitious moms tap into their intuition, find their purpose, and live their best life. I'm your host, Katie. Join me each week as we dive into career, business, self-development, and personal growth. Get inspired by successful moms and experts who have been in your shoes. This is your weekly dose of motivation and practical tips to unlock your true potential. Let's dive in. Hey, what's up, moms? And welcome back to the Mom Tuition Podcast. I'm your host, Katie. And this week, as maybe you noticed, there's a little bit of a delay on uh, releasing this podcast episode because I had a baby a week ago. And so, you know, as you moms know, things are a little wild in that first week. And obviously part of that week is um, a couple days or nights in the hospital. And then there were a lot of moving parts. And, you know, we have our firstborn and all of that jazz. So, but with that, you know, I kind of want to bullet point out what today's episode is going to be all about. And that is, you know, I really hope that uh, through this podcast, you are feeling seen, you are finding relatable nuggets, and uh, you are feeling good and inspired. And maybe it helps you think about your own life, and maybe you have some aha moments. And with today's podcast episode, you know, I want to share um, this kiddo's birth story, and I guess I'll introduce him. He is currently in the Solly Wrap on me, sleeping, so you might hear his little noises, but he, he his name is Paxton Wild Riley, and we are just so excited to have him in our lives. It feels like, you know... Pregnancy to me feels like an eternity, and I just get so excited to meet these little humans and uh, share this life with them. So I'm stoked to be on the other side. So I'm going to share Paxson's birth story. And then I also, you know, there's this burning question that I had prior to having Paxton, and that was, you know, what? is the transition like from one to two? And I know a lot of people have this question. I did as well. And, and you know, maybe you're curious, my take on which is harder, zero to one or one to two. And I have a lot of thoughts on this. And I also want to share just our own specific journey, our story with how the transition is going, maybe what we've been doing. Um, but I really think whatever whatever i share today i hope some of it resonates maybe inspires you um maybe gives you clarity and but overall i hope that it helps you reflect on what's going on in your own life so okay let's kick off with paxton's birth story so i did not share um something that we had decided uh, a few weeks, maybe even a month ago, and because I didn't know if I was going to need to share it. And that is, 
We knew Toffer was going to be traveling to Nice, France for the men's Ironman World Championships. And we knew that he was going to be leaving pretty much within a week of the baby's due date. And with Grayson being five days late, we were kind of, um, we were kind of afraid that, you know, he might be, Paxton might be late too, and then he wouldn't get that much time with him. And that would just really suck. So we had spoken to our doctor and had elected to do, well, I asked, is it possible to do an induction early? And it's neither one of Toffers are my first choice. Um, I think we both would say that we really enjoyed the spontaneous labor and we didn't want to dictate um, when this guy chose to come into the world. But at the same time, the priority was to have as much time as a family of four before he had to travel and it was really important to us to have that time, that guaranteed time. So... We had scheduled an induction for August 18th at 6 p.m. And that was what was available. And um, our doctor said, that's that's great. He'll be full term. And if he comes before that, he comes before that. Um, but either way, you know, the deadline, if you will, the due date got moved up. And so we had... Uh, Wait, he was born on the 18th. Sorry, the induction was scheduled for the 17th. The 17th. And we, um, yeah, so I go in for my 38-week checkup and learn that I am three centimeters dilated and the midwife, and 50% effaced. And the midwife said, I think you'll have this baby before the weekend is up. So I'm thinking, great, right before 39 weeks, awesome, and before the induction. And the weekend came and went, Monday came and went, Tuesday, Wednesday, tried to do all the natural things, even last time I tried all of them um, as well, and the last thing I tried was acupuncture, so I chose to do an acupuncture session on Tuesday and hope for the best, nothing, nothing happened, um, And, you know, it's just tried everything that you can think of. I think I shared this on the last podcast episode. So it was then go time. We went in for our induction on Thursday, August 17th at 6 p.m. And up until that, the last few nights, I had been having what I thought were Braxton Hicks for like four hours straight and um, consistent contractions, though, and mild, mild cramping. But I just, you know, it was uncomfortable, but it wasn't painful and nothing like what I experienced with Grayson. So we go in for our induction and they, you know, I'm, I had been anxious about um, Pitocin and You know, I have a lot of friends that fortunately could share their experience with um, being induced and they all said it went fine, but I, I just, I had such a strong reaction to contractions last time uh, that I knew I wanted an epidural and I knew I wanted it right away. 
and I was not interested in feeling the same pain that I felt last time. And so Pitocin, I knew that, you know, they would have to give that to me first, then to kickstart the contractions, then get my epidural, then break my water and, you know, pretty much go in that order. So we get to the hospital, we get in a room and, um, you know, get organized and chat to the nurse and her name's Jen and she was absolutely incredible. And, you know, she starts walking us through kind of what, what's going to happen. And then, you know, they get me all hooked up to the contraction, um, you know, my heart rate, the baby's heart rate, monitoring contractions. And they're looking at at the monitor and they're like, you're in early labor. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, we're going to go talk to the doctor and kind of get, um, kind of get her thoughts. And I didn't have to, they're like, we don't have to induce you. You are currently in labor. You're 4.5 centimeters and you get to have your epidural right away and then we're going to break your water. And I was like, what? This is amazing. I don't need Pitocin. And I've, they're like, yeah, um, have you been having contractions? And I shared that I'd been having these like Braxton Hicks-like contractions uh, for the last two or three consecutive nights where it was really consistent but not painful. And the doctor explained that if your water hasn't broken, that a lot of times those contractions um, aren't painful. And it's once your water breaks that things can get really, really painful because suddenly you're contracting against knees and elbows and it gets really uncomfortable. So she's like, yeah, your body's already working, already doing it. So they, I, they were like, we're going to get you your epidural and then we're going to move along with this. So it was like, I don't know, 10 p.m. at this point when I got my epidural, broke my water around 11 p.m. Can you hear Paxton? <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, broke my water around 11 and, you know, kind of relaxed, tried to sleep, mostly didn't. Toffer and I watched one or two movies, uh, which we hadn't done in a long time together, and just kind of enjoyed each other's company. And then around, I don't know, 6, 6, 15 a.m., they're like, are you ready to push? And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you're ready. And 15 minutes later, (laughs) Paxton was born, which is totally different than um Grayson Grayson I was in the pushing phase for three hours so out came Paxton and just like Grayson though he did have the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck twice these two kiddos and so he did need CPAP and um I had a delayed golden hour again but I wasn't as scared as I was the first time um because we went through it with Grayson. So it wasn't quite as scary. And I just couldn't wait to hold Paxton and just have that skin to skin and golden hour. And um, 
he didn't have jaundice. So actually we got to just have kind of a quiet first night um, or day rather with him. And that was just so rad. So, you know, all this to say that I then was classified as a spontaneous vaginal birth. So I was not induced. And it's just crazy to me how things just work out the way they're supposed to. Or, um, and for me, I just truly, truly wanted that spontaneous birth. And that is what happened. So that's my birth story. Um, I'd love to connect with you on maybe your birth story, or if you have questions about my experience, like shoot them my way, DM me at Katie Morse Riley. I'd love to connect. Um, and yeah. Okay. So that's the birth story. Then this burning question of zero to one, one to two, and also kind of the transition with grace. And I know I shared on, I've shared on here before this kind of like fear that I had about how am I going to do bedtime? You know, like how are we going to do bedtime and all these things? Cause Grayson, we bed share with Grayson. Grayson sleeps between my husband and I, and, uh, he has since he was three months old. And I was like, how are we going to do this? Like how, are we going to have Grayson go to sleep and how are we going to have Paxton go to sleep and how am I not going to wake Grayson when it's time to feed Paxton? And I had tried to order this like bassinet that came right up to the bed, but we have a low, a very low kind of like asian modern asian style platform bed. And it, so it's really low to the ground. And I bought this, um, bassinet from arms reach and it's called like the co-sleeper and it is taller than our the bassinet that we used by um it's like the guava guava bassinet or something and I was like oh my gosh like I just bought this bassinet thinking that was going to be come right up to the bed and then I could kind of um you know nurse super easily and um, like sideline and and not wake Grayson very much. But like I said, that bassinet was extremely tall, even on its lowest setting. It said it went down to 21 inches. And that was like not explaining that that was where that 21 inches was on the legs. Um, because to the top of the bassinet, it's like 40 inches. <laughs> so super tall. Um, anyway, so I, I guess, you know, all those fears went out the window when we brought Paxson home. It was just like, okay, bud, you're going to sleep in your bassinet. Grayson's in between daddy and mommy and, um, and we're just going to do this and see what happens. And the thing that I can say just to kick off this kind of zero to one, one to two is from my perspective and my journey, I'm way more chill. Um, I think the first time I was, everything's new. Uh, I felt just like I just needed to be in my little bubble trying to figure everything out. And this time it's like, you know, I was I'm like, whatever, we'll figure it out, whatever happens. So, you know, normally I'm a stickler, even when I was pregnant and while we were 
waiting for Paxton's arrival. Like, I'm a stickler for bedtime. And um, it stresses me out in the, or it was stressing me out in the past to, um, if we got super late, mostly because I was tired. <laughs> but also, you know, I just wanted to keep Grayson's routine the same. And once you bring a newborn into a toddler's world, especially a bed sharing toddler's world, like, it's whatever, like go with the flow, whatever happens, happens. So Grayson's been going to bed nine, nine thirty. I think he even went to bed at 10 one night. Um, he sometimes is still waking up at six thirty, but sometimes he's sleeping till seven thirty. Here's the, here's the kicker. Just know your kid and also pay attention to their temperament. Like, I used to read all these things about, you know, total amount of sleep that kids need in 24 hours and also, you know, how much sleep they need overnight and, oh, toddlers need a minimum of 10 hours, which is probably true, but, like, he also can make up for it at nap time. And um, the, the I guess what I look for is his temperament. So if he, if Grayson were getting really fussy or having more tantrums or short fused or whatever it is, I'd be like, this isn't working. But he's just been happy as a clam. Happy as a clam, doing great, going to bed whenever Paxton goes to bed. Um, and that's just what is going to work easiest for us right now um, in this season. So it's easier for me to have Grayson awake and me finish kind of that last, if you will, feed of the night with Paxton. And that can fall sometime between 8 and 9.30. I, I don't know when it's going to happen. And then pretty much whenever that does happen, um, you know, I'll get Paxton set in his bassinet and then it's go time for bedtime with Grayson. And it's kind of nice to just let go. <laughs> I think it's nice for everyone else. Um, and just kind of not be so stressed about like, it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. And there's, I, you know, people say that once you have a second, you kind of just have to let go and it's proving true for me. That's for sure. And so, okay, let's dive into zero to one, one to two. I think that this is way more gray than it is black and white. And I think there are some aspects of zero to one that are easier. There's some aspects that are harder and that goes the same from one to two. So I kind of want to break these down. And then, of course, I'd love to hear from you if you have subsequent kids, which transition has been um, hardest, easiest, you know, what have those transitions been like? So I think zero to one what a lot from my experience and then I think from talking with other moms you don't know what you don't know so you're reading these books you're taking courses downloading pdfs you're trying to learn as much as you can about how to how do you take care of a baby and you hear so much about um uh you hear so much about I don't know, sleep and feeding and breastfeeding, 
what's that going to be like? How are you going to, like, is your milk going to come in? What's, um, are you going to have an undersupply, an oversupply, like latching issues, um, nipple pain, you know, sleep, like, are you going to have a sleepy baby, a wakeful baby? How is sleep gonna, gonna go, right? And so, um, I think for me, I, I love going down a rabbit hole of, of learning, right? And so I, I think it's more like, um, yeah, you're just learning everything for the first time and everything's foreign. And for me, the other thing that happened with Grayson is I just became like an insane mama bear. And I had looked this up because I was like, did I have postpartum anxiety? Did I have, um, you know, some some type of anxiousness? And it's like I looked through the checklist of PPA and I was like, nope. I definitely didn't have postpartum anxiety, definitely not postpartum depression either. It was just like, like almost like a control freak. And I guess there's something called mama bear syndrome. And that's what I had. I didn't want people to hold Grayson. I was hyper protective. I wanted to do everything myself. Um, I felt, um, yeah, just like, this is my baby and I want to do it all. And, and then breastfeeding, I just felt like I just wanted to be private and I, it was overwhelming because I have an oversupply and, you know, just putting on a nursing cover isn't that easy. Like for me, I need a milk collection cup on the other side. Otherwise, I mean, it is like I, the other side releases like one and a half to three ounces and I can't just like have the other boob get my shirt wet all the time. Um, and, you know, I also am just, uh, yeah, it's just like the first time is just like you, I, I became kind of secluded. It, it was also during COVID. And so there was an extra layer of protection and fear around like, what if he gets sick or how are we going to cope with that? And it was just a lot. And so this time, you know, one to two, I've been through all of that. And not only am I more chill, but I feel um, just happy and easy and people can hold Paxton. And I, I, I do think part of that is you just need help managing two, um, you know, and, and wanting to still be able to give some, some time and love to Grayson. And it's not easy um, at all. And it's been a hard transition. I, I'd say that the beauty is that being really, really pregnant started to prepare him for that mommy can't always do everything because I became very limited and in what I could do with him, especially since he's so active and I was tired and, you know, he started reaching out to other people essentially, um, for, for playtime. And, you know, it's more hard on me than I think it's been on him. I, I want to still engage and, um, but again, I'm healing and you have this like 
time for healing. And, and last time I think I pushed it and rushed it. I, I just really wanted to start moving again. And this time I'm trying to be a little more conservative and actually do all of my pelvic floor and core restoration exercises and slowly introduced introduce walking and not just jump into 30 minute or 45 minute walks, like really slowly bring that back in so there's not too much pressure on my pelvic floor. Uh, icing regularly, that's still a little hard um, to do consistently, but at least icing once to twice a day. Um, and yeah, so I think for me, in that respect, zero to one was harder in the learning aspect. Like, oh my goodness, like all this information, I was super stressed out. I was trying to control everything, super fearful. And this time one to two, like emotionally and mentally is like, I got this. We'll figure it out. Like, okay, so Grayson's bedtime's later, whatever. Um, you know, so what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd rather have us all feel good, um, as we, can, you know, start this next chapter, than feel stressed out. Like, I don't want Grayson or Paxton or Toffer to, you know, feel stressed or on edge or like they're walking on eggshells around me. It, that just doesn't feel good. So, I'm I'm really just going with the flow this time and I I'm enjoying myself more and I think uh everyone else is too. So um that I would say 1 to 2 has been easier in that respect. The hard part and this is where again it's gray and it depends on what topic we're talking about. 0 to 1 logistically is easy. There is always someone else available to help in some capacity, whether that's cleaning up or watching Grayson while I did something or whatever it looked like there. There were lots of hands for one kiddo. And this time, you know, it's logistically you got two kids. And so as awesome as Grayson has been, and I'll talk about kind of that transition as well. As awesome as he has been, he's still a toddler. And so he has moments where he's throwing things or um, pulling things off shelves or um, stacking everything in sight, uh, you know, whatever that looks like. And he's touching things that are potentially unsafe because he's finding cords or, um, you know, or he's climbing things that he shouldn't be climbing. And it's like you can't control, like I, I physically can't restrain him all the time because I have to protect Paxton and like make sure that he's safe first, right? And so... It's how do you get your toddler to listen? And sometimes you like those moments can be really, really hard logistically if there's not another set of hands. Um, so that part, I think the other thing is, is just in general, you know, again, you're 
you're now playing man-to-man defense. We do have a lot of help. My parents are currently here. Toffer's parents, uh, you know, live next door. And we're just, it's, we are very lucky. We have lots and lots of hands. So then the thing that I'm doing differently this time is feeling confident in um, sharing what, what I, what we need help with around the house. You know, I think, um, Obviously, Grayson and and help with him is a priority, but when he's napping or when he's with me or, um, you know, Toffer this last week, if he was with Toffer, like, hey, can you guys help with with these things? So logistically, though, there's less time. Like, for example, um, you know, last maternity leave, every time Grayson slept, we were watching TV every, every time in the newborn phase and they sleep like what 15 18 20 hours a day and so there's so much downtime of you know just relaxing and hanging out and chatting um and this time it's like okay I have a two-hour window where Grammy and Grandpa just took Grayson swimming at the Y and then they're gonna pick up lunch with him and go to the grocery store and um what am I going to do? Okay, I'm going to go for a walk, my short walk. I'm going to read um, a little bit and I'm going to record this podcast episode. <laughs> and um, and I'm not going to sit and watch TV. Um, so there's these, these moments that are just, that have shifted, that aren't the same. Um, life is moving a lot faster this time. Like before I know it, the day is over. And it's like, how, how did, how did that happen? Like, where did time go? And I'm even thinking like, man, it's, it's really important to me that I do something once a week, just Grayson and I. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out what those are as I'm also healing because, um, again, I just want to be really mindful of, of my pelvic floor. It took me a long time to run again and I want to be able to run sooner rather than later and you know start doing strength sooner rather than later so i'm really focused on my postpartum recovery and but i'm yeah i want to still spend that one-on-one time with him like what can we do uh whether that's baking he toffer got him this really cool excavator that's now in the sandbox is it sitting out back with him while he does that and digging um whatever that looks like so carving out one-on-one time with him where I'm not holding Paxton. Um, so again, I'd say zero to one harder in terms of learning curve and of all of the new things, but one to two harder in terms of logistics. And, you know, in the past, right, you know, before Paxton, if Toffer was doing something, I could entertain uh, Grayson and vice versa and it was just like, you just pass them off. And then now it's like, you know, you're trying to take care of two kids while someone's trying to maybe get something done. And so it's just, everything takes longer. Uh, and yeah, so I would say logistically one to two is harder and that's why. Um, I think there's this idea that you know, like what's harder? I think hard is what you make it to be. Zero to one, 
could be really easy if you're a chilled out first time mom. And for me, it was hard. It was hard on everyone else because I wasn't. That's just the truth and reality. One to two harder logistically, but to be honest, it hasn't been that hard. Um, We have just so much support and we're not afraid to ask this time. And um, I think there's just, it hard is what you make it to be. That's what I think. Um, Now, in terms of, I think things that could be hard with one to two would be managing the um, the transition or the change and the adaptation of your firstborn adapting to uh, another kid in the family. And there are moments where, you know, Grayson's like, mommy, hold me because I'm holding Paxton and, you know, he wants me to put Paxton down and hold him. And I always say, no problem. I can do that because I can. I can put Paxton down and um, hand hand him off to my parents. Uh, you know, when Toffer was here, hand him off to Toffer. I can put him in the docketot. I can put him, you know, wherever, and I can hold him. Um, most of the time, he just wants to hear me say that, and then he kind of moves on. Um, I think he. We've just been really lucky. Grayson has, we did a lot of narrating about this transition and talking about baby brother and role playing. I bought him a baby boy doll with a stroller from Target and he would, um, on his own role play being a big brother. And he'd always say, we got to keep baby brother safe. And, um, he'd want to protect him. And I think, that role playing really set him up and narrating what's going to change, but narrating in a positive way. We're about to bring uh, more love into the family, more adventure that he is going to have a forever playmate that he can bond with that is, you know, going to be a, a rock in his life and vice versa. And, you know, narrating that mommy, you know, I've talked a lot about nursing and how, you know, baby brother only drinks milk, uh, for the first, from, from mommy's boobies for the first year. Um, other than some solids, obviously when we start that, but like, that's the primary nutrients. Um, and just talking it through with him. And that has just been, that has helped set expectations. He is doing gentle touches, kisses, wants to share with him, read books, um, show him whatever he's doing, ask me to bring, you know, baby brother over to where he's doing an activity or eating and very inclusive, very loving. Um, There's only been a few instances where of disappointment. One is, uh, one was, I don't want baby brother here because I I um, can't jump wherever I want or something like that. And it was like, you know, a moment of understanding that he can't just jump on the couch or jump on the bed if, if Paxton is around because it's unsafe. And so there have been that. But once we said where he can jump, you can jump 
on you know when Paxton isn't around you can still you can still jump and so um setting those expectations and has been really really helpful so I think what we are so grateful for is how loving Grayson has been I do think the age gap helps he's two years and seven months I think that he understands um Baby Paxton is waking up or not. What's going on, buddy? Um, I think he is just really, um, he's older, so he can understand the transition more. So I think for us, um, we are so grateful for all, for our village. We are grateful for all the love and support. We are, um, you know, nights are still sleepless. Uh, I am coming out to our couch in the middle of the night to nurse Paxton to kind of, um, I'm going to get him out of this Solly wrap. He's kind of getting, hold on. Okay, buddy. Um, I think he's going to be hungry soon. Um, but yeah, I think for us, it's, you know, the hardest part has been, you know, nighttime feeds for me and just not wanting to wake Grayson up. Um, mostly he has slept great through all of the wake-ups. Un- unbelievably so. He had one night where um, he asked me to put his blanket back on him and I was out on the couch and he um, refused to let Toffer put the blanket back on him I think he got too sidetracked on that mommy wasn't next to him and that I was out on the couch and he came out to the couch and started playing and it was three o'clock in the morning (laughs) and you know that was really hard telling him mommy's nursing mommy's feeding baby brother it's not playtime I know it looks like I'm out in the living room but we're not playing right now and so we had one night like that and it's been eight or nine nights so far. So I know that those nights might happen here or there, but for the most part, he has done such a great job and sleep has gone way better than we anticipated. So if you do have your kid in your bed, uh, that was another, like I said, just kind of anticipation, fear, how's that going to go inside of me? And it's gone way better than I expected. And you know, again, setting my expectation, my own expectations that these moments are going to happen. Grayson is going to wake up from time to time and I'm not going to be there and it's okay. And if he comes out and he has to be by me for 30 minutes while I nurse or change diapers or whatever it is, okay, okay. He's going to be okay. He's going to sleep. We can all go back to sleep. Um, He can make up for it during nap time the next day or the next night. And it's, you know, it's not the end of the world. (laughs) And I think that is the biggest difference is my attitude this time. Um, Okay. I I think that kind of tackles all of my thoughts on zero to one and one to two. Um, I'm curious to hear from you all. I'm going to actually... Once I release this episode today, it's Saturday. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to put a note on my Insta story um, on 
Katie Morse Riley. And I want to pull, pull you guys and see kind of what you felt was easiest. Zero to one, one to two, two to three, or three plus. And um, I'm curious which one is going to win for um, the easiest transition. Uh, so far, I definitely, if I had to pick and I were voting, I'd say one to two. Despite Toffer being gone for the next two and a half weeks, um, you know, I think just having done it before, I'm not needing to download a bunch of PDFs, um, buying, you know, things from experts in different fields, lactation, sleep, whatever it is. I, I, I do have an oversupply this time. I did a podcast episode on that. I think it was episode 20. Um, and it's, it is out of control again, but I'm not as um, alarmed by it. I am ready for it. I am prepared um, to the best of my ability. And we'll, I'll figure it out. Everything is, isn't there like a Marie um, Forleo, I think her name is. Uh, she has a book that's like everything's figureoutable or something. I totally agree with that. Um, everything's figureoutable. So... You got this if you are currently uh, going through um, a familial change or adaptation. Oh, yeah. Paxton's waking up and ready to eat, so I'm going to wrap this up. Um, curious to hear your thoughts. Again, when I release this today, I'm going to put up a poll on, on Insta Story um, on my handle, Katie Morse Riley. I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you thought about this episode. Um, and if you're liking the podcast, it would mean so, so much to me if you could rate and review on um, wherever you listen. So that helps me reach more people. I want to continue to build this community. And, you know, it'd be really cool to get on the charts someday and have people discover mom tuition, especially as I, you know, go into this next phase of um, motherhood where we're going to go into how do I maintain self and how can I help you maintain your sense of self in motherhood? And that was really, and trust your gut and um, talk about self-improvement, self-development, um, self-discovery. And again, I, I hope to bring on experts in some of those self-discovery uh, tools that I mentioned um, in one of the latest podcast episodes as well. I want to help you. Uh, ooh, hi, Paxton. Um, I want to help you feel like your best self. And I'm sharing my own journey along the way of how do we be our best selves as moms and maintain a sense of self. And... Uh, as well as, you know, we chose to have these families for a reason. How can we embrace all that having a family is? How can we love and learn and explore, um, but also have our own goals, have our own dreams and pursue them? Okay, really going to wrap it up now. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And I'm really looking forward to continuing to connect um, on the podcast. So have a wonderful day and I'll chat to you all soon.